0: This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors as well as the occasional guest to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: This week, a vaccine that cures cancer. We'll talk about why some people are hopeful that this idea could become reality. Then, a look at a possible link between dementia and the salt in your diet. How much is too much? And later, an inside look at what life is like with schizophrenia. Plus, one woman shares how she lost 80 pounds and how she keeps it off. A vaccine for cancer sounds like wishful thinking, but it's something that scientists are actually working on. And one version they're testing seems to be off to a promising start, in mice anyway. Researchers at Stanford University mixed two drugs that work on the immune system and injected them into the tumors of mice. And the idea is that these medicines will get a type of cell in the immune system called a T cell to actually attack cancer inside the body and the results were pretty impressive. 87 of 90 mice were cured of their cancer, even though they had different types of cancer. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
3: We take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems.
0: And now the researchers are starting to test the vaccine in humans, a small group of people with a specific type of lymphoma, which is a cancer that starts in the immune system. And if it works, it would be big news. But it is important to keep in mind that a lot of treatments have been able to cure cancer in mice, but they haven't actually panned out for people. And we won't know until the clinical trial is complete whether this cancer vaccine is any different. Some pretty exciting possibilities ahead and researchers are excited about what's down the road. Now it's time for Mind Matters, where we take a moment to catch up on the brain and your mental health. And this week we're focusing on dementia and a possible link with the salt you eat. We asked our chief medical editor, Dr. Michael Smith, to break it down for us. A study that may have uncovered a link between high-salt diets and dementia and we should note right away, this was a study of mice, not of people. That's always important to know. Yep. Mice are definitely not people. But when researchers fed these mice a very high salt diet, they started showing problems with their memory and their thinking after a few weeks. And the researchers say there could be some parallels to those kinds of cognitive problems in humans, especially as we get older. So let's talk a little bit about this. Why do they think that salt could lead to dementia?
2: Well, what they found is that it basically sets off a cascade of events causing inflammation. Starts in your gut, produces a chemical called IL-17, which basically, essentially, it decreases levels of a chemical called nitric oxide. Nitric Mm -hmm. oxide helps keep our blood vessels open. So as that goes down, we're getting less blood flow, in this case, less blood flow to the brain. So that seems to be what's happening.
0: So that would lead to those kinds of symptoms in terms of memory problems and thinking, functioning in that way.
2: Yeah, I mean, one one common cause of dementia is called vascular dementia and essentially that's dementia that results from decreased blood flow either from a stroke or just from buildup of you know, clogs in our arteries so yeah absolutely it could do that
0: interesting and so how much salt are we talking about here i think the study the mice ate like something like 8 to 16 times the salt that they would normally have right. so is that really realistic to compare that to humans would it i mean Obviously, Americans especially tend to eat a lot of salt, but is it that much?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would imagine the average rat diet or mouse diet's pretty low. So, right, eight to 16 times of that actually is probably still consistent with what many Americans do eat. Because we're, the average American, 90% of us are eating more than the recommended amount. Some of us eating a lot more than that. So, while it was a lot, it is probably consistent with what some Americans are eating currently on their their regular day-to-day diet.
0: Wow. What is it like? I think it's like 2,300 milligrams that most people are supposed yeah, to eat. Yeah,
2: 2,300 is what's recommended by the dietary guidelines. And it, we think that the average American is probably getting about 3,600. Jeez. So, you know, already like 50% or so more than they should. And honestly, a lot of that's based on what we remember eating. So it, I would imagine that in many cases, we're probably getting far more salt than we even realize.
0: So can the effects be reversed after if you've had a high salt diet for years and you suddenly stop? Are you at less risk in terms of your brain health?
2: Well, that's the real concern. What we know in this study is that in the mice, who did follow a high salt diet for three months, they were actually able to reverse it when they reversed their diet. The blood flow increased and their symptoms improved. But what we don't know is if we as humans eat this way for 10 plus years will we actually be able to reverse that? And we just don't know because again, we only have findings in mice at this point. But it certainly tells me that we know generally a high-salt diet is not a good thing for many reasons. And now we know that the brain health is added to that list. And we actually know in, in human studies that there have been links between high salt diets and more stroke and dementia. So it's just kinda adds a layer of evidence to that.
0: Sure, just one more reason to cut back on on your salt. Yep, if you need another reason. Thanks to Dr. Smith for taking us through this one. And there you have it, more motivation to cut back on salt. But fortunately, there are some simple ways to do it. Don't worry, you don't have to throw out your salt shaker. Most of the sodium Americans eat comes from restaurant foods and prepackaged foods. So you can start by cutting back on those. Some of the saltiest items out there are frozen dinners, deli meats, canned soups, bottled pasta sauce, flavored noodle and rice dishes, and of course salty snacks like chips and pretzels. Even foods that don't taste salty can have a lot, like bread, cereal, and condiments. So when you're eating packaged foods, go for the low-sodium versions when you can find them. But pro tip, always read food labels. When one product is marked as reduced sodium or low sodium, it may have more salt than another version that's labeled as light or healthy. So check the nutrition facts just to be sure. And when you are cooking at home, try seasoning meals with spices, citrus, or herbs, and backing off of the salt just a little bit. When you hear the word schizophrenia, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The truth is most people have misconceptions about this brain disorder and the people who have it. But in WebMD's short film, Voices, people who have schizophrenia tell us exactly how it affects the way they see the world and themselves. The film is a finalist for the Tribeca X Award at the Tribeca Film Festival, happening this
1: month. Schizophrenia is a mental illness that changes the way you think, feel, and act. It's broken down into three separate categories. Positive, negative, and cognitive. Positive symptoms don't mean they're a good thing. It's an add-on to your normal behavior. Things like hallucinations, delusions, and voices.
3: You know, I had so many ghosts and shadows inside of my mind. A demon was perching on the end of my bed.
1: Negative symptoms take away from your behavior. I showed no emotion, and I was just totally out of it. Cognitive symptoms make it hard to pay attention and hard to focus. Their brain is just racing. It can't stop.
3: The pathology of these illnesses has only become recently understood.
1: Schizophrenia is different for everyone. My symptoms aren't like everybody else's. My first symptoms of schizophrenia was pretty much just zoning out, thinking I was in a different place. Then no. it turned into kind of voices in my head. It just plagued me over and over again. I thought my mother was trying to hurt me. I didn't know what to do about anything because I thought everyone had it out for me, so I didn't know who to go to for help. Sometimes I kind of hear a voice more coming from the right side of my head, saying, like, everyone hates you. Stop what you're doing. Don't do anything. Nothing. Nothing. Well, I was kind of like the other side of me is kind of arguing back with the voice. Don't worry about anything, chill, just chill, breathe, chill, just chill, you can get the right. It's kind of just like the thing is, who's gonna win, who's gonna win, who's gonna win? When I take my medicine, the good sign wins. I mean, Living in the city and having schizophrenia is interesting just because, you know, I do hear voices as I'm walking down the street. So in my head, I'm thinking of the person talking to me, but then I start talking back to the person. And then maybe I'll step out of it, look around, and like five people are staring at me. But mostly I kind of just get plagued by thoughts that are just so repetitive in my head and they just go around over and over and over again. When really I just want it to be nice and quiet and silent. All through high school, I had this like really crazy, paranoid delusion that my mother was trying to kill me. Every time she went to try to get me to a therapist or anything because she knew something wasn't right, I always thought she was trying to ruin my life. So when I went to college, I thought I was free of her and everything was great and then all of a sudden, my best friend, my roommate, I started thinking the exact same things about her. So realizing that I had the problem was like the start of the entire thing. And that was the hardest thing to do, I think, realizing there was a problem. At 18, I was told I was bipolar, but I kind of knew that diagnosis was incorrect. So at 22, I spoke to a different doctor, and I was more honest with him, and he diagnosed me with... Schizophrenia, and that was like the best thing that ever happened to me because he got me on the right medication and I feel as good as I can possibly feel right now. I finally told
3: a therapist about what was going on with me. I had all these problems and I finally had a name for them.
0: Over time we've realized that mental illness is nothing more than physical illness. Talk to as many people as you can. Don't be ashamed. Don't be judgmental.
1: I see a psychiatrist every other week and we just kind of talk about things that are going on. Mostly I just share really silly stories with him and we just laugh a lot. When really he's measuring just my mood. That's what I know that he's doing. For my medication, I take seven daily medications, six in the morning. And one at night. The ones in the morning just get me ready for the day, get me focused, make it so I can get out of bed without having a horrible day, and the one at night just keeps me kind of level, knocks me out, and lets me have a good sleep without completely panicking in the middle of the night. It can be very lonely having the schizophrenia, the paranoia, the fear, the voices, everything that goes along. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
3: We take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. On with it. The compliance with medications is gonna ultimately lead to a recovery and your son or daughter can not only be okay, but they can be great again.
0: That was from WebMD's short film, Voices. You can watch the full video on our site. The link is in our show notes. If you've ever tried to lose weight, you know that it can be a struggle. But one woman is here to tell us how she made it work. And she's actually our social media editor at WebMD. Mackenzie Boker started a weight loss program after college and she lost 45 pounds. And then a few years later, she tried again and lost another 35 pounds and she's been able to keep it off, which is something that a lot of people struggle with. We have her here to tell us a little more about how she made it work. Hey Mac, welcome to the podcast. Hey Carrie, how are you? I'm great. I think a lot of people identify with where you started. You put on some weight in college and you were sort of using food to deal with some tough times in your life. But what was your moment of, okay, it's time to lose weight,
4: I'm gonna go for this. It was my sorority's formal, which is a big to do, you know, for, for the college age. And I had set aside this dress that was beautiful, but hadn't tried it on prior. Wasn't really taking care of myself the way I should and and wasn't really noticing the signs that maybe things weren't fitting the way they had. Uh Uh-oh. Exactly. So the day of the formal, I try on the dress and I... immediately within the first hour of us being at our at our um, place waiting for everybody to arrive my my zipper busts Um, it was begging for for mercy so I quickly changed into another dress that had always sort of been my stand you know every girl has that little black dress so it was my backup and it was equally as tight and so I remember feeling just not at my best in that moment and then seeing the picture there's one picture in particular where you can just tell that I'm, I'm not living my best life in so many ways. Um, the, the anxiety is, is really evident. I was dealing with, with panic attacks at the time, but also just my unhealthy eating habits and sleep habits and some of those things that I think college can, can make worse. Right. And so it was at that moment uh, that I realized after graduation, which was a couple weeks away, that I really needed to, to do something about the weight and so it was a similar feeling when I saw graduation pictures, which of course are abound on Facebook and Twitter. Everybody shares them. And I didn't want to share mine. Uh, right. It was the same feeling as formal. So two strikes and I was out. It was time.
0: It's amazing. You could see that in the photos of yourself. You could recognize what was going on. That's, that's tough. Um, and so what did you actually do? What was your, the plan that you approached?
4: I immediately signed up for Weight Watchers.
0: How do you stay motivated that takes a lot of kind of diligence how do you keep yourself on track do you have any tips to share
4: i do uh there are a couple things that i i kind of uh subscribe to for better or worse i weigh myself every day Uh, kind of gives me a little bit actually of a detachment to the scale interesting because if you eat something with a lot of sodium your body's naturally going to bloat, so I don't panic if the scale is up a couple pounds. Equally, if you're sick, the scale is going to go down a couple pounds. So it, it's finding that normal. I, I try not to live and die by, you know, one one number. I kind of live in flux of a couple numbers, and, and that's okay. Uh, I, I know when I've hit my warning. You know, when I've maybe right. gone a little bit outside the bounds of what's normal
0: gotcha, but a little more forgiving at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Okay.
4: Absolutely. The other thing is uh, I follow the, the three day rule. And that simply means that uh, I, I try not to hold myself accountable in terms of working out every day. I give myself three days, meaning that if the first day I've got a meeting after work, okay, no big deal. Second day, maybe I just don't feel like it. Okay, you don't go. But by the third day, typically I run out of excuses. Right. So I try to go to the gym at least every three days. I know a lot of people have
0: this idea that losing weight means you have to say goodbye to all the foods that you actually really enjoy. But I've heard you talk about some of the meals and snacks that you sort of lean on as you're maintaining this weight that you've lost. And they're amazing. Like, they are just so delicious. So talk about some of those go-to foods that you... Rely on
4: yeah. So I'm I'm a big big fan of the kitchen. I love food. I could never um, eat salad every day. So Ugh, to, yeah. <laughs> to to combat that, I do build out a meal for the week on Sundays, and that's sort of twofold. It, it helps me not order out. But it also makes me excited about what's coming up and willing to try new recipes and also indulge in some older faves. So, for breakfast, my methodology, because I'm just so crazy busy in the mornings here at WebMD, I need something I can scarf down quick. For my morning tips, I typically do a low sugar y- yogurt, always check the labels. Yes. With a sprinkle of chia seeds and then fresh berries. Okay. An English muffin with a tablespoon of peanut butter and banana as another kind of I it indulges that sweet tooth. And so I'm not as willing to maybe grab the donut that's in the break room or a muffin with a ton of sugar. Sticks
0: with you a little bit, too, throughout Absolutely. the morning. Absolutely, And gets you your
4: fiber. A quick scramble, so a little bit of eggs. And my husband always hates it. He jokes all the time, oh, you're making the Mac special. But <laughs> it's scrambled eggs, whatever veggies I have on hand, and maybe a chicken sausage. And that's typically what I'll eat on the weekend. So um, I'm up before him just because... That's my nature. That's how it works, yeah. (laughs) Another one is I typically do a slice of Cooking Lights banana bread. Their recipe is phenomenal. Oh, great. I do typically have the sugar. Um, in it. I think, you know, you still get that great flavor profile. Uh, And I I add walnuts to the top.
0: Okay, but with half the sugar that the recipe calls for. Exactly. Interesting.
4: Uh, And then the last one, I think I might be part otter. I love (laughs) smoked salmon. Oh, I do too. Oh, so yummy. It's delicious. I do smoked salmon roll-ups, which are great for lunch too, but I typically just cut out the bagel and I do a little bit of light cream cheese and some avocado, maybe some chives or green onion, whatever I have on hand, and I just roll them up, and three or four of them, I'm good to go. And I can almost always be found at lunch snacking on carrots with a Greek yogurt dip. You can make it homemade, a little bit of cucumber, a little bit of dill, garlic, you're good to go. Other other great tips uh, or other great snacks that I, I lean on pretty heavily, I do homemade hummus, I'll add spinach and feta, mm-hmm. but kind of go light on the olive oil that you can typically find in Restaurants, sure. Uh, Grape leaves from Trader Joe's are awesome. You can get a big ten of them for two bucks. That sounds delicious. Um, And
0: I also sounds very indulgent too. It does, right? Yeah.
4: But you're still getting all of those great benefits of the veggies and you know. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and then another one is um I love cheese plates. Mm. Oh my gosh, again, love to snack. So, sometimes for lunch I'll just do an appetizer plate. I'll do a bunch of bright veggies, I'll do some grapes, a couple small slices of cheese, a couple olives, and I call them my Scooby snacks.
0: There you so. go. A snack <laughs> lunch.
4: Yes. Um another favorite is I love to use low carb tortillas instead of bread. Uh I love bread, but but the low carb tortillas do kind of cut out, you know, some of the calories that come along with that. So uh, I love to do like a Cuban style quesadilla. So I'll put a little bit of low sodium ham, a little bit of Dijon mustard, a slice of Swiss, some pickles. I fold it and then put it in the toaster oven at lunch for three minutes and you're good to go.
0: Wow. That sounds amazing. So yummy. Now I want one. (laughs) Yeah. I hope you're having that today. I wish.
4: (laughs) Uh, The other, the other thing, and I, I, i leaned on this really heavily for my second leg of weight loss uh, was tofu so last year in 2017 when i lost that last bit at 35 pounds i did my version of a rice bowl and it was just so easy to make at the beginning of the week i would just roast and spice some butternut squash and then put some cumin on them, some cayenne pepper, just make them a little bit spicy. And then I would do black beans, some baked tofu, a little bit of light sour cream, a little bit of cheddar or Monterey Jack, and then some cilantro and fresh jalapeno. It was so satisfying and such a great way to get in all those veggies and and protein from the beans and tofu.
0: Absolutely.
4: I also like an Asian version of it. So I'll do a little bit of peanut sauce, um, you know, And and maybe some cilantro rice or cauliflower rice. Great. Uh, The last one, and I have Amy, my mom, to thank slash blame for this one. Um, (laughs) I call it the less loaded baked potato. Hmm. So as a kid for lunch, um, she was really fantastic. She was an awesome mom, but she still is. Here is a quick word from our sponsor.
3: We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued, loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows. Enjoy the show.
4: but was fantastic about packing my lunch. And so one of the, one of the items that was a fan favorite was uh, a baked potato. And so she would put a little bit less butter, you know, a little bit of cheddar, a little bit of sour cream and some chives. And so it wasn't that big loaded baked potato. a huge
0: thing that you're thinking would totally fill you up and Right,
4: yeah. but it was just still so yummy. So uh, I've actually reintroduced that. We do a baked potato bar for dinner too, same idea, but it's great for lunch. And you know, it's a great way to get your potassium
0: that's delicious.
4: And the last one, uh, I believe you really can't beat a classic. So tomato soup, I've just always been a fan, but some of the store-bought ones have a ton of sodium in them. They really and some do. Sugar. Mm-hmm. So I typically do crushed tomatoes, you know, maybe a little bit of fat-free splash of fat-free half and half. And then I throw in zucchini, spinach, any kind of greens I have on hand. It's a great way to sneak in those veggies. Right. Especially if you aren't, you know, a huge fan of spinach or zucchini or some of those greens
0: that sounds really good yeah you can kind of just take things that are existing and modify them to make make them what you need them to be for your lunches and dinners
4: absolutely and and then it's something you're excited to eat too it's not you know a sad salad that makes a huge lettuce.
0: difference absolutely that's uh, great
4: and for dinner my husband and I cook, were big we love to cook at home we split the duties uh, he's actually on a weight loss. Uh, journey right now himself, so it's interesting to cook for somebody who's maintaining and somebody who's losing. Um, but some of our favorites are—I'm a big fan of Gina from Skinny Taste. She, I'm such a fan girl. All of her <laughs> recipes are just so, so, so good. But my our absolute favorite, and we make it for guests even that aren't losing weight um, or maybe know it's healthy. We do a zucchini lasagna where you use the zucchini as slices of um, the layers instead of pasta.
0: Oh, interesting.
4: And we typically use chicken sausage, ground chicken sausage instead of the ground beef, but um, you really can't go wrong with with any of her recipes, including the cream spinach is great too. Um, The other one is, taco night. Who doesn't love taco Tuesday? Of
0: course, that's pretty easy.
4: Oh yeah, Um, but you know some of the meat can be, if you go out, it can be really heavy on the sodium again and you don't want to eat a ton of red meat. So for us, we typically do, um, instead of meatless Monday, it's typically meatless Tuesday and we'll do veggie crumbles. So we do the frozen veggie crumbles, we spice them the same. We make a big array of salsa and guacamole and beans and some cauliflower rice. And it's just, you can eat it as a bowl and it's delicious. Right. Um, or you can use shrimp. We love shrimp too. That works. Um, the other one from Cooking Light uh, is actually a Greek chicken nacho. So wow. it's it's become a fan favorite and it's just so pretty. You've got the, the toasted pita, the chickpeas, the lettuce, the pepperoni, you know, the feta. It's great if you've roasted a chicken and you don't know what to do with the leftovers. Oh,
0: that's right. That saves some time.
4: And it's, it's so impressive. It looks way more, um, intense than it is so which is great for guests and it's just fun to eat of course um the other one is spinach pesto roasted veggie pizza so there's a great blog called two peas in their pod and they sub out pine nuts and they sub in spinach for the pesto and we do a little bit of like a veggie pesto pizza with it and so and the leftovers make great chicken salad with pesto and it's a it's a lower calorie version because they cut out the pine nuts great um and the last tip is you know there's a lot of the internet especially with all the recipe videos that are out there and pinterest and just internet in general is fantastic for recipes absolutely Um, but it can some of them can be a little bit indulgent which i think is discouraging for folks i i would encourage them to, to to kind of incorporate some of the healthy swaps that we've had. So looking at a recipe and if it calls for cream, maybe having it and using a fat-free half and half or 1% milk, Um, you know, using brown rice instead of white rice, subbing in healthy light Mayo instead of the, the full fat version. Those are all fantastic, but you know, when it comes to everyday meals, subbing out some of those problem ingredients is probably easier than I think some folks.
0: realize yeah so you can have a recipe that you really like that's your favorite that may not be the healthiest but you can sort of think a little bit about how to change it up to make it what you need it to be exactly
4: my husband is from the midwest so he loves casseroles god bless him of course (laughs) and his favorite is this broccoli cheddar casserole and it is so creamy and just so laden with with all of the delicious ingredients, but so bad for you. All
0: the things that make it great are oh. not so good for you.
4: Absolutely. But we, we've actually found a, a hack. So instead of the white rice, again, we use brown rice. We use um, boneless skinless chicken instead of the, the skin on chicken that they call for. Mm-hmm. We use low fat uh, cheese low-fat mayo, and then we ramp up the broccoli and add some sautéed onions, and you would never, you know, you would never know. Yeah. It's still delicious. He still gets his casserole in still Atlanta. Still scratches
0: that itch. Yeah. It does. Absolutely. That's great. Those are some delicious ideas. I'm already really hungry. I have to write these down. <laughs> so how did you deal with those moments where you felt discouraged?
4: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I think the big one is to not beat yourself up. Tomorrow's a new day, you know, if you have guests in town, it's expected that you're going to go out and enjoy something a little bit indulgent. I think the difference is making it more of a special occasion and not an everyday, but again, um, I think being kind to yourself is number one and, and first and foremost. I think the second, for me, I love to eat, so portion control was such a huge part of it. Definitely. So, a small set of dinner plates instead of the big ones is a really great tip because it's still such a generous portion, but it keeps you in line, quite literally. Mm-hmm. The other one is a weighted scale for meat. It was really hard for me to know the palm size or the deck of cards. And, you know, the scale just makes it so crystal clear on on what the ounce is and, and how much you should be eating based on Absolutely. your calorie intake. It's
0: hard for you to eyeball that sometimes.
4: Right. Um, and it sounds silly, but, but and I know I mentioned this with the yogurt, but reading the labels before I buy items and then again before I actually portion out what I'm going to eat. So I look at it and say, oh, okay, the serving size on this is actually 12 walnuts or whatever it may be. So that way I don't accidentally eat 2,000 calories of walnuts. I would rather have a glass of red wine. Yeah, so, <laughs> make
0: those trade-offs.
4: <laughs> absolutely, but it's, it's making the effort to do those things. Right. Um, I think another one is, uh, again, putting away leftovers right after you eat. I'm notorious for picking, Mm. You know, maybe it's an hour later, if it's sitting out there, I go grab another little, and because it's out of the, the, Pan, it doesn't count, Mm -hmm. but it does. Of course. So I typically eat one plate and then we pack it away immediately, um, which has really cut down on some of that after-dinner snacking. When you're not really hungry, it's just so delicious. You want to keep eating
0: it. Of course. We've all been there.
4: And then I think lastly is find your tribe. Find a group of folks who love and support your victories, but also are with you on the days where the scale isn't budging or you've hit a plateau or you are beating yourself up over something. Uh, I'm in a Facebook group with other women who are losing weight or who have lost weight and, and hearing their struggles and just their reality has been really helpful. Um, I have friends, I have a friend in particular who's currently losing weight. Mm -hmm. And so she's been texting me about, I don't, you know, I'm so, I'm so, you know, just impatient with this. I don't know, you know, it's the scale isn't budging. How do I, you know, get past this frustration? So bouncing ideas also kind of rejuvenates you know my zest for it. Of course. And then I think um, you know I also follow healthy food hashtags on Instagram which I think is a big part of it. Um, again the internet can be your friend. and Of seeing- course. The combos that other people come up with can inspire your own meals. There's
0: a lot of great ideas out there.
4: Absolutely. So when you're in a rut, same with exercises, right? That's how I found kickboxing, which I love. That is
0: so many great tips, so many things to try. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. That's really, really, really very helpful.
1: Thank you for having me. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.